As Australians, we're all deeply familiar and close to the story of Gallipoli, that infamous battle which began on April the 25th, 1915. And we think of it as traditionally as a land battle, which of course it was, but a new documentary screening this Anzac Day will reveal elements of the story as it has never been told before from the bottom of the sea an expedition led by Dr Robert Ballard, who discovered the Titanic. The writer and director of Gallipoli's Deep Secrets, Julia Redwood, joins us on Afternoons Now. Fantastic to have you here. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Tell us about how this story started. Um, well, uh, we're a production company based in Fremantle, uh, an independent production company. And National Geographic Television, uh, who are based in the United States, uh, wanted to do um, a project with Dr. Robert Ballard. He wanted to do Gallipoli. He wanted to go underwater and search for the Gallipoli's uh, shipwrecks. Um, they teamed up with us because we have an underwater expertise in this area. Um, and that's how it came about. Uh, we, uh, we raised the finance here in Australia and, and through the US um, with National Geographic being the, uh, the broadcaster um, and History Channel in, uh, in Australia. And we were able to, um, to fund the, the project out of here. And then we went on the expedition with uh, Robert Ballard, which was and amazing. Now we, and we know a lot um, as Australians. We, we, we learn it wonderfully all the time about the, the land battle that's Gallipoli. But tell us a bit more about the history that you're, you're looking at, which was the, the sea. The, the, the sea the, battle, the, yeah, the naval campaign. I think, I mean, everyone thinks of Gallipoli starting on the 25th of April, 1915. It actually began on March the 18th, 1915, and that was the, the day the naval campaign started. And on that day, the uh, the navy were basically charging up the Dardanelles uh, with 16 battleships. And the idea was uh, to go up the Dardanelles to take Constantinople, now known as Istanbul. And if they could take um, Constantinople, um, force the uh, Turks to capitulate, it would open up the whole of the Eastern Front. And if they could um, uh, basically supply the Russians, the, if the Allies could supply the Russians with ammunition and with forces, uh, it would open up the Eastern Front. The Germans would then be distracted, would have to fight two fronts, the Western Front and the Eastern Front. The war would be over much quicker than it, than it was. Millions of lives would have been saved. That was Churchill's plan. It was Winston Churchill. He was the, the uh, Lord of the Admiralty at the, um, at the time, the first Lord of the Admiralty at that time. And it was his plan, and he championed this plan. And it was a brilliant idea. It was audacious. It was ambitious. He had to get the Navy up the Dardanelles. It was brave. There were, there were uh, forts and guns on either side of the Dardanelles, a narrow, notorious strait. Um, and it was the failure of the naval campaign that ultimately led to the land campaign. Basically, Such terrible consequences oh, awful, for Australia, awful. for the yeah. war, and for him. Yeah, there were, I mean, there were half a million casualties of wounded and dead um, at Gallipoli. And for Churchill, um, basically, it, it almost ended his political career. He actually wasn't involved in the land campaign. He didn't, um, he didn't even condone the land campaign. He wanted the Navy to push on. He wanted... It was one ca catastrophic day. Uh, it was March the 18th, 1915. They lost three battleships on one day, and the Navy um, basically were rattled. They retreated. Uh, Winston Churchill wanted them to push on up the Dardanelles. Uh, they said, no, uh, we're not going to take that risk. And um, they uh, basically retreated and said, no, we will we'll, we'll launch the land campaign. And that's why the land campaign took place. But if the Navy had succeeded and they'd pushed on and they'd taken Constantinople, the whole war would have been different. Millions of people would have been saved and uh, the war would have been shortened. So Churchill's plan wasn't so crazy. Um, it was ambitious. Um, 
but it actually wasn't it wasn't a, a ridiculous uh, foolhardy idea at the end of the day it was actually a good idea poorly executed well i mean gallipoli is just it resonates so much i think with australians because it, we we used as cannon fodder. I think that's one of the things that remains such a sore, sore point in Australian history that Absolutely. so many died for yeah. such a useless, yeah. useless failure. And that, was the tra- that, and that is ultimately the tragedy of any war when, when um, it becomes, especially where, with Gallipoli, where it was a complete stalemate. I mean, the Australian troops got, um, I think, within uh, 800 metres up the beach. That's as far as they ever got. That was, that was it. Um, in sort of nine man- months of battle, so it was a, a, a useless and um, uh, you know terrible war, of course. And what was discovered when when you you, you did go and, ha- and have a look? It's 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 amazing to try and picture mm. what that must look like underwater. Well, there, there were lots of battleships lost because the navy were involved not just in that one day of eighteenth of March, but they were then involved um, in ferrying troops ashore. They were involved in um, artillery fire to protect the troops. So there were lots of battleships that were sunk either by mines or by U-boats um, at that time. Submarines were actually being used for the first time in, in warfare. So it became quite a graveyard for, for shipwrecks. Um, the A-2 is a submarine, an Australian submarine that's an, a heroic um, vessel that's lost in the Dardanelles. And we were, were able to film on the A2, which was a wonderful moment because she is such a hero ship um, that, very again, very few people realise is that, you know, she was the, the first uh, vessel. She did what no other Allied ship could do. She broke through the Dardanelles. Um, she got through the, the minefields um, and she caused havoc for about five days. She caused havoc and terrorised the, the Turkish um, fleet um, and the Turkish people as well. They were wondering where on earth this horrible, deadly menace lay. Um, eventually, she um, she was um, uh, ha- took a deadly hit. She was scuttled, and her crew got off. But she um, she was an ironic twist in the story, because uh, the A two by the time she got up the Dardanelles, that was actually the twenty fifth of April, and um, it was her getting up to do the Dardanelles that. Um, forced the Allies to actually, or encouraged the Allies, the troops, Australian troops in particular, to dig in and carry on. Um, it was her success, her victory, if you like, that um, forced them to, um, to carry on, which is a, a terrible irony. Um, they were about to pull out um, because the, uh, the landings had been such a failure that they, by 25th of April, um, it was all going so horribly wrong very quickly. The Allies actually were considering retreat. A2 com- comes through, for the, the Allies, a hurrah moment. Um, Hamilton tells the, the, the troops to dig in, and that's what they did. And sadly, it then protracted for another sort of further um, eight, uh, eight months. I'm talking to the writer and director of Gallipoli's Deep Secrets, which is a new documentary. Julia Redwood uh, is with us. Dr Robert Ballard, tell us, tell us about him and <coughs> his involvement. Because he's, he found the Titanic. He's a, yes. an astonishing talent in this mm. area. I mean, he's got him. He, he's one of the most prolific underwater explorers in the world, um, if not the. I mean, he's a um, in residence actually at the, um, the National um, Geographic Society. He's one of their scientists in residence. Um, he's a fantastic man. He's got an amazing ship with some of the latest um, technology of underwater surveying, and he's an explorer. He wants to map the underwater world. That's his great passion. And it was a huge honour to be able to be making film um, with him, um, you know, searching the, the under, 
water world of, of Gallipoli and telling this story. And for Robert Ballard, he was very unfamiliar. He's an American. He, he's pretty unfamiliar with the Gallipoli story. There were no Americans in, involved in that, that, that battle. Um, so for him, this was an extraordinary opportunity to retell a chapter of history that even he was actually very unaware of. And he found it absolutely fascinating. Fascinating. Particularly, he took his 15-year-old boy on the, on the expedition and it, it just horrified him, the number of young soldiers that were um, of 15 years old. Lots of boy soldiers who signed up. Blind eye was turned to their age. They should have been 18. They needed the boys and, and a lot of young lads. And we feature one young boy, actually, in the, the film called Jim Martin, who's the youngest Australian ever to have served, and he was 14 years old. It's horrifying, isn't it? Look, are you happy to take a call? We've got um, Keith on the line. You will have to okay. put your headphones on, Julia. No problem. And I think Keith is on. I think I think Keith is with us. Hello. Uh, hi, Keith. Yeah. Hi. You're you um you wanted to um talk about your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the thing I was thinking about when you were talking about this was. The thing that isn't really, really realised about this whole situation, and it's, it's the, the actual First World War situation, there was a generational loss of menfolk, a complete generation. In, in Manchester and in, in Salford, they had, it was such a strong thing. They all went away to war, and you had the Manchester lads, the Salford lads, and all these people went away, these menfolk, and they never came back. And re Gallipoli, um, it was just an amazing situation. What actually happened, my grandfather was a, was, um, was, uh, a medic over there, and he died in 1961. And what actually happened was he was plagued because of gas, apparently, and he had a very bad chest. And he used to tell me that the lucky ones died on that morning. Mm. Yeah. And, and the, but but the, thing that, the, the thing that really isn't realized is the generational gap of menfolk because of this horrific event that took place. That is the First World War. I mean, the, 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 the women, you know, there were just no men on that generation because they'd all been wiped out. An and entire, they'd all been wiped out on this, on this event. An entire generation. Thank you very much for that, um, making that point, Keith. And I think um, Anzac Day is a, is, a, is a stark reminder for all of us of that. Julia, thank you very much for coming in and, and sharing that with us. It's a fascinating story. When, when does it air? Um, it's on History Channel um, this Anzac Day, so Sunday at 5.30 um, Western Standard Time.